Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody, wherever you are. Morning or night, I don't know, wherever you are. When you hear this message on Facebook or YouTube or Christian radio, so thankful that you're tuning in. We are studying through the book of First Timothy, written by the Apostle Paul to young pastor Timothy. And today we're going to be reading the whole chapter and studying this whole chapter. And I'm going to ask Joe to read it for us. Thank you. Good morning. I gotta lift this up because I gotta get closer to it. Chapter four on page 1848. The spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Sect teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God has created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in truths of the faith and of good teachings that you have followed. Have nothing to do with the godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has a value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And for this we labor and strive. That we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men and especially those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are the young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public readings of Scripture, preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gifts which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so, you, so that everyone may see your progress, watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your heirs. Praise God. Thank 
you, Joe. We'll start uh, with a word of prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, those that are here, those that are listening, wherever you may be. Help us to concentrate, be tuned in, not to be distracted, and learn something practical this morning that we can take away with us, use it in our life on a daily basis to bring you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So the title of this message is Instructions to the Church, Instructions to the Church. Actually, it's uh, not just instructions to Pastor Timothy, because it applies to each and every one of us. Obviously, Paul wrote this first letter of instructions to young Pastor Timothy. Uh, Paul was his mentor. And this uh, regarding uh, worship, uh, qualifications of church leaders, which we've already covered. There's about 15 different qualifications to be an elder. And also the conduct of believers. We're still working on that, aren't we? Because none of us are perfect. Paul also warns that uh, some people, in verse 1, Spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Paul warns some people that were once part of the church and believed the word of God, the Bible, they turned away and they were teaching lies that contradicts the Bible. There are some people today, even in our time, false teachers uh, the Bible describes as heretics who are serving the devil, leading people astray, leading people to stray from the truth that they once believed in at one time. In order to deal with them, first and foremost, uh, these heretics have to be confronted lovingly. But if they continue to spread lies that oppose what's taught in the Bible and the gospel of Jesus Christ, then they are to be shunned, yet continue to be prayed for. We don't give up praying for them in the hope that they will turn from their wicked ways and to be restored back into fellowship once again, assuming that they were ever saved in the first place. Only God knows, and the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. That's the evidence, if they're truly saved or not. By their fruits you shall know them. So Jesus warned also about these false teachers. They would arise and deceive many, even the elect. Even Christians will be deceived, Jesus says. Mark thirteen twenty two. For false messiahs, false prophets will appear, and if possible, even the elect will be deceived. 
So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. So why, we, why should we be surprised in the latter times? And we're living in the latter times. We're living in the end times. Now, the end times, the latter times, is when Jesus ascended into heaven until he returns again. We don't know when that will be, but he will. Now, during this time, people, which we are now living in, certain people associated with the church will depart from the truth. At one, at one time, these heretics were a part of the church, but they separated themselves from the faith. And the motivation for this departure is spiritual deception. So any teaching that contradicts the gospel is referred to as the doctrine of demons. The doctrine of demons. And these are the creatures that are influencing these heretics to teach lies that contradicts the Bible, which contradicts sound biblical teaching given to the prophets by God, the Holy Spirit. The apostle named several false doctrines, false teachings that people will accept. But he encourages Pastor Timothy to stay focused on the truth and preach the truth. And if he does that, he'll be a faithful minister of the gospel to protect the flock, to protect the flock. Because that's the wolves come in and they try to destroy, to seek and destroy. That's what the devil does. And he uses his agents to accomplish that fact. Verse 11, Paul warns Timothy about following some new teaching, some new gospel that strays from the truth. And to stand firm on the teaching that he received. He's to preach with authority in a manner that expects obedience from his flock. Timothy is to pass on the truth to people so that they wouldn't look down on him because he was young, because he was a young pastor. Paul isn't telling Timothy to stand up and demand respect in order because of his age, but earn respect for being faithful to preach the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That applies to us all. How was he to do that? He tells us one, two, three, four, five things that not just Timothy is expected to do, but all of us expected to do being part of the body of Christ. In word, he said, in word, how we talk, our words and attitudes, speak louder than words and our attitudes. Our words demonstrate our spiritual maturity or lack of it. Our words need to be kind and gracious because some people will just rub us the wrong way. And that's where the test comes in as to how we respond. 
That shows real spiritual maturity, how we respond when somebody rubs us the wrong way. Of course, that would never happen to you. In word, also in conduct, how we behave, especially when provoked. Do we respond emotionally or in a godly manner? In love, we're told to love God and then love our neighbor as ourself. How do we treat others? How did Jesus treat others? Love means being concerned for other people and demonstrating it by our actions. You know, we can say we love people, but how do we prove that? By our actions. In faith, being faithful. That's all God requires of us, to be faithful. Trusting God, following the Lord. Do other people see that we are being obedient to his word? I do, the very fact that you're here this morning. Do people see God answering our prayers? Impurity, impurity is very important. It means to be free from sexual misconduct, restraining from sexual immorality. For a young single man, remaining sexually pure would be very difficult for Timothy, even though he was a pastor, and we're expected to be more spiritual than everybody else, right? But it was necessary in order for him to serve in the ministry with a clear conscience. You got a clear conscience this morning? If you don't, you need to confess your sins to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, Paul says, if a person can't control their sexual urges, then it's better for them to marry than to burn with lust. All right? People like Paul could control his sexual urges. He never did marry. He may have been married at one time, but there's others that cannot control themselves, so they need to get married. So it's not too late for you, Sarah. You can cut that out, Rick. He does a good job at editing. Thank heavens. Little rascal me. So Paul commands Timothy to do three things if he wants to be a faithful minister. Number one, publicly read the scriptures. That's what we've done this morning, amen? Publicly read the scriptures, he tells Timothy. If you want to be a faithful minister, this is very important, a very important thing to do in the worship service. It's more important than anything else except the preaching of the word of course, because this is how God speaks to us. How does God speak to us? Through his word. Do you open up your Bibles every day? Well, God won't speak to you unless you do. 
Number two, be a faithful minister to preach the gospel. You say, well, I don't have time to read the Bible, you know. We've got time to look at TV. We've got time to do this, time to do that. Make time for God to speak to you. Preach the gospel, Timothy. Be faithful. Preach the gospel. Expound the scriptures. Meaning present and explain what the word of God means systematically, in detail. This is why I like expository teaching. You take one verse at a time, comparing scripture with scripture. Amen? God's truth is declared by the preacher and its meaning is brought home to those that listen. I say listen, because you can't, somebody knows everything, you can't teach them anything. Preaching is the event that God himself brings to an audience. A Bible-based, Christ-related, life-impacting message of instruction and direction through the words of a spokesperson. Number three, you want to be a faithful minister? Teach the word of God. Teach. Being a biblical teacher is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So in this context, teaching refers to the God-given ability to explain his word, the Bible. The supernatural ability to clarify, to instruct and communicate knowledge, specifically the doctrines, the teaching of the faith and the truth found in the truth, the word of God. Amen. It's what you can rely on. So many lies out there, bombarded with lies continually, aren't we, through the media. In verse 14, Paul instructs young Timothy, do not neglect your gift. What was that? which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Didn't mean they beat him up. One way Timothy could stand out in addition to sound teaching was through his walk with the Lord. Another word for prophecy means preaching. Preaching. Timothy was gifted by God in different ways. He had different gifts. Leadership, he had leadership qualities through teaching and preaching. And this was recognized by the council of elders who laid their hands on him when he was ordained, when he was an ordained minister, when he was officially ordained as a minister 15 years earlier in Lystra, that's where he was born. Timothy was born in Lystra, in Turkey. Timothy was a Turk. And also the Apostle Paul was born in Turkey. Did you know that? Yes, Timothy was born in Lystra. And this is where Paul first met him. So what does he tell him in verse 15? He says, be diligent in these matters. 
give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So you've got to be diligent, you've got to be careful, you've got to take heed. Timothy was to apply himself, evaluate his own spiritual progress. This is what we need to do on a daily basis. Evaluate our own spiritual progress. Are we more mature, are we more spiritual than we were this time last year? Spiritual maturity in our lives ought to be evident, not only to us, but also to other people. In order to be an encouragement to other people, especially to pastors, when you see the word of God that's preached, making a difference in the lives of people, that is very encouraging for a pastor to see that spiritual growth in the flock. So, Bible 16, the last verse, verse 16, Paul does emphasize, be careful regarding Timothy's spiritual walk in order to protect himself, in order to protect those that he ministers to, the flock of God. To watch himself, we need to watch ourselves, watch how we think, watch out what we do, where we go, he needs to watch himself, how he lives, do what he knows to be right. There's no gray area. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either true or it's a lie. Follow instructions that he's learned from this great apostle, his mentor, who is not given his own opinions, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, who taught Paul, and he's passing that instructions on to Timothy for our benefit, amen? Even this morning, 2,000 plus years later, it's still applicable. I've got to put my teeth in, I've got to use that, what's that stuff called? Grip, polygrip. Is that what they call it? Some, some know what I'm talking about. I don't need it yet, but who knows? Tim shouldn't be tempted to teach some new doctrine and let any area of his life slip. Like him, we should make it our aim to please man. No. We should make it our aim to please God. Of course, you know that you do. You know you're the apple of his eye. Really. You're the apple of his eye. But it takes some work on our part, doesn't it? To walk the line. It's important for us, the believers, to take heed, meaning to pay close attention to how we live, in this world that is opposed to the truth, that is opposed to the Bible, that is opposed to Jesus Christ. 
It takes effort to spend time in prayer, doesn't it? No one's forcing us to do it. It takes some effort on our part to do that. It, you know, it, it takes effort to live a, a holy life. It doesn't take any effort at all to live an unhealthy, carnal lifestyle. That just happens naturally. Anyone can do that. But to live a healthy, spiritual lifestyle takes effort, doesn't it? By putting into practice what we know to be the truth that's revealed in the Word of God. We can't do it by ourselves. Willpower's not going to cut it. We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit to help us. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is our teacher. Amen? Thank God that he is. He'll never leave us, nor forsake us. He's working on us. I've got a long way to go, he's, but he's working on me. He's working on me by God's grace. It takes effort to spend time in prayer. It takes effort for us to read the Bible. It takes effort to persevere with the right attitudes and actions, doesn't it? Just doesn't happen naturally. It just doesn't happen. It, it takes time, it takes perseverance of a dedicated believer to submit to God's will and to do God's will. Taking up our cross daily, every day, it's a test. Taking up our cross daily requires effort. Serving God is not easy. Have you found that? Have you discovered that? Somebody I'll quote, he said, it's easier to die for the Lord than to live for him. It's easier to die for the Lord than to live with them. Those that have passed, they've gone. The ones that are left behind, it takes some effort to live for God instead of just living for ourselves like we used to do before we were saved. It's a battle. It's a battle. We're in a warfare every day. You've got to be careful. Put the armor on every day. Read the word. Just like Timothy, and I'm going to close members of the body of Christ, which we are, you know, we've got a, a responsibility to deal with our own sin so that it doesn't bring harm to other people as well. You know, our behaviour does affect other people. What we believe affects other people. Likewise, Pastor Timothy, young Pastor Timothy. Belief in the truth of the word of God that he preached plus how he lived. That combination, what he preached and how he lived would also affect other people that he ministered to. So it was a tremendous responsibility. And we all fall short. So, it's very important for him and to us to take heed, to take heed. 
put into practice the godly advice from his spiritual mentor, the Apostle Paul, and not just him, but also for us, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit for our benefit, for our benefit. It's for our own benefit. If you want peace and a clear conscience and bring glory to God in our life on a daily basis, but it takes some effort with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Well, let us close in a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that it is true. It's the only thing we can believe that is true because it's inspired. These prophets that you raised up were inspired to write down your thoughts. It's not their own opinions. It's not their own ideas. It's not heresy. It's not lies. It's true. And we can rely on it. Help us to make the effort that doesn't come naturally to spend time in prayer. Help us to make the time, to make the effort to read your word every day for our own benefit and for the benefit that others that associate with us and also the unbelievers that need Christ to see a difference in our life and what difference that Christ has made so they can be drawn to Christ and be saved and given a new heart. So Lord, help us, like the Apostle Paul was trying to help young Timothy, give him some good, practical, sound advice that would benefit not only him, but also for the flock of the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to address those of you that are listening, watching, wherever you are. You need to be saved if you're not saved already. It's really not that difficult. It's just a matter of belief. Believe that you recognize that you are a sinner. You know, it's because of your sins that Jesus Christ died on that cross. Your sins put Jesus on the cross. And he was willing to pay the penalty, to pay the price for your sins and suffer and die and go through agonizing, excruciating pain so that you wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell where there is screaming and gnashing of teeth. Believe that he did that for you, not just in your head, but in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. In other words, that Jesus is God. And that he died on the cross. That he was buried. And for three days later, he rose again from the dead. And he is alive. And if you believe that in your heart, truly believe it. Call on Jesus to save you. And ask God to forgive you of your sins. And if it's sincere, then he will and your life will be completely transformed. Tell other people what God has done for you and get into a church where they teach and preach the gospel so you can grow in your faith. I hope that you make the right decision. And
believe. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you and God bless you all. Don't forget to give us a, a thumbs up, a like, and subscribe to the First Baptist Church. Amen. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.